jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Um, wow, well, we took a week off. And I... But, um... <laughs> and that's the sound of a woman fulfilled. Yeah! Um, but, you know, it's over now. Our week off is over. Yeah, it's... Uh, what it, Carol Channing? Well, hello, Gaylords. Yes, hello, Gaylords. It's so nice to have us back where we belong. Hmm. Is it? Broadway. Yeah, no. Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, we have come back better than ever, clearly. Upgraded. Uh, definitely upgraded. Mm-hmm. The banter the banter is top notch. Absolutely. Um creme creme of the cream. The, um, <laughs> Maybe um, we should take another week off. Yeah. Yeah, let's just close it out. <laughs> Cl- close it out. Let's shut it down on, you know, this I mean, is a mini so a complimentary mini so to hold you yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Well, um I don't know. I heard the new wrong turn is good. What? Yeah. For real? For real. See, that's that siren. That's that's my shock. <laughs> Coming to arrest you. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, because I saw, I saw like a few weeks ago, I saw that there was a, um, I saw like a poster and it was like the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently it's not just like, it's not just a remake of the first movie and it's not just, oh, there's these inbred crazy cannibals versus hapless youths. Uh-huh. It goes more cult or something. I don't know. What? Yeah, Stacy, why are you why are you trying to Johnny Appleseed marching over into my peaceful <laughs> peaceful patch of non orchard land? Just relaxing, sprinkling sprinkling my seeds everywhere. <laughs> Spr- let's see, let's see what grows. Full biblical style sprinkling of the seed, <laughs> planting, expecting me to 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 cultivate a wrong turn harvest. What? Yes, because if I want to see it, I feel you should share the misery. <laughs> is this some, Is this on your list of wants? I think it is now. Oh, motherfucker. It is. It has to... I mean, when we did that uh, a rewatch of the original film, that was a disappointment to me because I used to love that movie when it came out in 2003 or whatever. Do you remember going in? That's our the Tank Top Trilogy episode. Mm-hmm. Where we reviewed that and Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Beazles and um, and the <laughs> House, other, of Wax. House of Wax with one Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that Wrong Turn was going to be the good one. Mm-hmm. And then the shock and awe was that they were all terrible except House of Wax is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never been. I know people like the sequels. I saw two. And I think I saw three, and I did not like them. I said, that's enough for me. This is terrible. Yeah. 
no thanks. And then the remake, I said, no thanks. And then I read this review and it actually sounded intriguing. It sounds like they've taken it and done... I mean, if I say they've done a Suspiria on it, I mean only that they've, they've like, made their own thing rather than just remaking the original. This time around, the inbred cannibals are artists, and it's about fascism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's about about, but it sounds like it's like that in the sense that they're making their own film. Interesting. So reading the review, I read like half the review and I said, okay, fine. Yes, I want to see it. Okay. What the fuck? See, I saw the poster and I said, they're still trying to make those. And then I just wrote it off. I hadn't heard any of this acclamation or fanfare. Yeah. Wow. So I'm just, I don't know when I'll see it. Well, or if I actually ever will. When it's available and we decide to do an episode. God damn it, Stacy! Now I'm feeling it. We're going to have to do... Th- okay, okay. I'm setting my terms. Right. We're in divorce court. Well, not yet. We, <laughs> wow. We might be in divorce court. But okay. in people's court right now, which we're in, I am setting the terms. And if we do wrong turn, oh, then no. I want to do the new Kurt Wimmer Children of the Corn remake. <laughs> That <laughs> that only got released on one night in two theaters in Sarasota, Florida, and then was never, never, nothing ever happened with it since then. Yeah, because it's a girl one, right? Like they're girls. This children, time. children of the corn. This time it's a girl. Girls of the corn. <laughs> they can do it too. Yeah, this is not a punishment for me. You know, I, you know my rich history with the children's. Of the corns. <laughs> that is the proper grammar. That is, yeah, everything's plural. Uh, so you do not have to twist my cob to get me to watch one of those movies. Oh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can twist it if you don't like. Oh, thank you, Pickle Me West. Because <laughs> this time there's the little girl Isaac, and then there's right. there's the taller, uh, more like lesbian-looking older girl that's like gonna stand up against her yeah and it only came out in one night and never got released online and i do you know how many times a night or at least a week that i google search children of the corn remake on demand (laughs) in hope of finding it it's 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 definitely the bee in your bonnet thank you since it came out i mean we all have the bees in the bonnets i would like a vaccine and i would like a children of the corn remake please yeah well that has to be, they have to make that available. Are they waiting for COVID to be over? So that, like, wow, the world wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah, but the, once everyone's vaccinated, they're going to flock to the theaters. The place like, this film will thrive is the theater. Yeah. It doesn't seem like something that would have a theatrical release anyway. Have no. any? When was the last Children of the Corn that actually got a theatrical, like, <laughs> the the original? The first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, but I'm in. I'm, all right, wrong turn. Corns. <laughs> rednecks and corn cobs. Rednecks and, rednecks and corn cobs. <laughs> I am here for it. Yeah. Wow. It's, you, know, you don't have, it's, it's not a, not a trial. I mean, we were just talking about the strange roads pandemic um, leads us down, respectively, you know. It, and and the things you find yourself reading it, and listening to yeah immersing yourself in because at this point what else is there left 
I, who could have, who, I, no one could predict this, but here we are a year in, you know, a year ago. I never would have said, oh, Anthony's going to be reading all those Dune novels. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Dune now. <laughs> Anthony's obsessed with Dune. Oh, and I have to burn that CD that has a red velvet song. <laughs> So I can send it to Anthony. <laughs> so I can have more of my killer tunes. Like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, and now we're listening. Now I've got Wrong Turn and Children of the Corns, this part 25 on my oh. on my vision board. It's a fitting end to the... <laughs> isn't it? This is... This... No, what... You know what this is? This is the twist ending of that of that article I read in the New York Post or, or Times or whatever that came out at the beginning of the pandemic where it says the the, the shocking twist is um, you th- you're like, oh, I, I got I contracted COVID, but I'm fine. And then the shocking twist is but then they pull you off the ventilator and all of it was a dying hallucination. And you weren't you weren't really in the elderly home and you didn't have a wife and kids. You're dying. And that that's. that's our children of the corn twist our 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 philip k dick that's fine wrong turn k-pop dune children of the corn twist uh i would like everyone out there to know who's listening that i do still have some standards i still have a little bit of pride okay like at least one or two standard yeah (laughs) yeah maybe so you know, not that I had very many to begin with. Let's be real. <laughs> but one or two of them remain intact. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I am just so continuously impressed with um, the vile creatures we continue to mutate into. But Seriously. Stacy, did you know that while we took that week off... Um, we did accomplish a thing. We, we just wrapped, Stacy. isn't it so exciting? We were in post and we wrapped production. Yeah. On a brand new, uh, the first ever Gaylords, I guess, is it a short film? Is it a cartoon? Is it a puppet show? What is it? It's a video. <laughs> it's a video. It's really, ex- it's really, I, I personally love it. Um, and it's. It, it was a lot of work, and I think it's really cool. I think the listeners will love it. Um, we have to say a huge thank you uh, to Rowan Woodcock, who made our, our animated intro, which we also put in here, but also designed. We have puppet versions of ourselves. Um, and mm-hmm. I won't say anything more, except we tried to make a live-action cartoon. Um, and this is all for the Final Girls Berlin Film Festival, which is happening, uh, as of you listening to this, which is happening this weekend. Um this is happening February 7th. You can access the Gaylords of Darkness in the Necronomalogue. Uh, this is our, our brand new little feature for you. This is Sunday, February 7th. It is uh, premiering at finalgirlsberlin.com. And this is at 8.15 p.m. Central Eastern Time. So that's 11.15 p.m. Pacific or 2.15 p.m eastern time here in the united states on sunday february 7th it will be up for about four hours so you have from eleven fifteen to 3 if you're on the uh, west coast and you have from two fifteen to 6 if you're on the east coast so check it out it's at finalgirlsberlin.com and it's free and all of their um, festival free um content can be accessed worldwide 
That's exciting. Yeah. We'll have uh, links and stuff on our places, right? It, it will be on our places, specifically. <laughs> our social, our uh, social media things, right? We'll our gay place. Gay place. Yeah, we'll, we'll post links yeah. to things. It's pretty exciting. We did a thing, and we're excited for people to watch it. Hopefully people will see it and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's also all about Final Girls in honor of Final Girls Berlin. Right, yeah. So it's so. really... Really fun, cool thing we got to do. Really excited. Everyone should check it out. Check out the festival. Once again, finalgirlsberlin.com. It's all happening this weekend. Woohoo! Woohoo! Woohoo, I say. I personally love any film festival where I can... <laughs> international film festival in Germany, no less, where I can access it from the couch with my Doom novels. Exactly. <laughs> this is a... It's a exactly. cursed time. It's also a blessed time. It is. Way. There's stuff, it's just, it's hard, I don't know why I have such a problem uh, watching things. <laughs> Even things I want to watch, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, I think St. Maud is finally, finally, like, becoming available now. I haven't, I haven't looked, but I've, I think it's actually finally going to be available. Really? I've been dying to see it. Sometimes. Pressing play is just... Phew. Do you remember when we were going to see that in New York? We were! <laughs> that was one of the things we were going to do in New York. <laughs> we, had, we had tickets to a play. We were we were going to stay a place. We were going to see yeah. that. And then this happened, and then everything, it's just been, I know, I mean, vac- when is a vaccine going to happen? Yeah, but then A24, when the hell are you releasing St. Maud? So, okay. Yeah, I don't know why they waited so long. It's fair. I, I think, you know, they wanted it in the theater and now they were realizing, oh, fuck. <laughs> let's yeah, just, let's just do it. Happen. So maybe by the next episode, maybe I will have finally seen that film. How exciting. It's honestly, though, it is. I've been thinking about this. It's really hard for me to watch anything unless yeah. it's like, unless it's Asian horror. <laughs> That's still, still happening. Still, still. Yeah. But it's really hard to watch things. And just film culture feels so different right now because I... Just everything feels different, but film culture feels really strange because even with like brand new movies, like Wonder Woman or, you know, these movies, big movies are coming out, but then it's just something we all watch privately. Mm -hmm. And then like somebody does a tweet for a week and then the movie is dead and nobody remembers it. Yeah, nothing really has a shelf life that lasts very long. I just, I don't also, I don't feel the need personally to engage with the like up to the minute discourse. So I don't I don't have to jump on a new movie so that I can tell everybody how I feel about it. That you can do your your take. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. who cares, you know what I mean? And so, I don't know. What's another voice screaming into the void? Which is why we have a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about a new movie. <laughs> Uh, but this this is actually a 2019, no, I think technically it's a 2019 film. Technically it is, but it is Festivals. basically, yeah, coming out now. Um, yeah, I saw it a few months back. It just released on Shudder. If you have Shudder or you're going to get Shudder, turn this off and go watch it, please. For real, this is another one of those. You just, everyone that's making your list as you follow along of movies that you need to watch... 
and you yeah. can't listen to the rest of this episode. Add this to the list. I would say, to write, write the, here, everybody, write this down. You write down the Queen of Black Magic, and you write down Impetigore. Yes. And you turn this off, and you go watch those two movies, and then you can come back. Yes. Yes. Unless you, unless you don't care about spoilers and things, but. I 100% agree with those sentiments. Yeah. Because today we're going to talk about, I'm sure we're going to talk about Impetigore, because I've been telling Anthony, you gotta watch Impetigore, you gotta watch Impetigore, you gotta watch it. And finally, Anthony watched Impetigore, like, oh. I don't know, a couple weeks ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been also saying, ooh, wait till you see Queen of Black Magic. Wait till you see, because I got to watch it to review it for Room Org magazine. Everybody subscribe to Room Org! Yes, you're in the newest issue with the review of that and your um, Pulse and Suicide Club articles. Yeah, yeah! I got some stuff in there. I got a couple reviews, and this is one of them, because I got to watch it for that, and I was just in love with it, and was like, Anthony, make a note of this title. We gotta do this movie as soon as it's available to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And I have been counting down the days, and and like you said, so I watched Impetigore, and then I was like, this shit's fucking good. Yeah. And and then I I got stuck. I mean, I was already in the Asian horror loop right and then i just went full indonesian um horror and watched so we watched impetigore we watched satan's slaves um which was also by uh, joko anwar right mm-hmm. um and then we watched timo uh his uh, may the devil take you which was really fun and kind of like an indonesian sort of like evil dead kind of fun movie um and then and then lo and behold this just dropped on shutter this last week and now queen of black magic here she is here she is at last. Here she is, and boy, is she mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love her. I love her. This is a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Uh, it's a remake. So is Satan Slaves. This is a remake of a 1981 film, which I haven't seen. Um, I did read the synopsis, and it seems quite different. Really? The story, yeah. Yeah, because this is, this is, there's some good political element in here. Yeah, which I think is not probably in the original. Yeah, yeah, it feels very timely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I just, I say, I know this movie has a few moments of dodgy CGI. Some CGI bugs that make Lucio Fulci roll over in his grave. And he's like, what? And Catriona McCall's like, what, you don't want bugs in your mouth? Wow, you amateurs. <laughs> and Dario Argento, meanwhile, is like, why aren't they praying mantises who are gigantic? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but otherwise it gets real bonkers, as all great Indonesian horror movies do, especially the stuff from the early 80s. If you notice, over the end credits of this, they show stills from the original film. Oh my god, the credits are so cute. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but stuff like this, I imagine, and Mystics in Bali is one that I recommend from 81 also, which is totally cuckoo crazy. Ooh. Um, Lady Terminator isn't quite horror, but it's also cuckoo crazy. Lady Terminator is (laughs) perfection. If you have not seen Lady Terminator, everyone watch. She's what? She's like an archaeologist or something that gets possessed. (laughs) Yeah. And then she just starts killing everything. And it's like a Terminator ripoff, but supernatural. Yeah. It's so good. They're so fun. They're bonkers. The effects are, even when they're bad, you don't care. Because it's so much fun and it's so over the top. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel about this movie. Is that like, yeah, there are times when like normally I would probably be like, oh, great, computer bugs. But you know what? (laughs) This movie, I'm 
in it for the ride and <laughs> it is fun there are there are a lot of cgi apedes in this film <laughs> yeah um but it's just the movie is so gross i wrote at one point my notes just all caps just turned into psycho bonkers crazy yeah um i will say i think impedagore is like a genuine beautiful sad brilliant just masterpiece oh i think i think impedagore is a better film yes than this this yes. movie is a lot of fun yeah queen of black magic is it's it's a, it's the fun house that you you get up yes. the little carts come up on the track you get in and then there are bugs everywhere there's screaming there's blood there's the fucking acid rain inside or, or a really hot sprinkler <laughs> system i'm not sure which yeah and it is just it is danglies to the wall just yeah. out of control <laughs> yeah yeah impedagore is a fantastic movie yes um really beautiful i think Queen of Black Magic has a lot of underlying sadness and a lot of underlying beauty, but that's not the point of it. The politics are there, but they're not the point. The point is to make you go, oh, God, when a bug crawls in and crawls out of somebody and shit gets gross and crazy. (sighs) I can't, I can't, I, I can't even tell you. I don't remember the last time I watched a movie where, like, I saw Jason and I, I think it was Gerald's Game, actually. When she does the gross wrist, she has to, like, cut her wrist open to get out of the handcuffs. Yeah. Like, I I remember that, like, that was the only time I've seen Jason and I not be able to watch the screen. And um, last night watching Queen of Black Magic, it was like that again. Where it's just like, I can't even look at what's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and in this, it's very unexpected, too. Because it takes, the pacing of this film, uh, it takes a while to get to that point yes you know like there's some some touches of violence or whatever but mostly it's it's concerned with the setup and leading you down certain paths and then all of a sudden the switch is flipped and it gets crazy yeah and someone's like did you order bugs and they just start <laughs> raining from everywhere yeah 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 isn't it nice to see a movie that is simultaneously a a fun house roller coaster crazy ride um and also spends a great amount of time investing in the characters familiarizing the viewer with them and getting you to want to not see any horrible atrocities happen to all these people yes who also i need to state are also all babes. Babes! babes <laughs> Everyone in this movie babes, is I it. a fucking babe. It's a movie full of babes. Absolutely. And you know how we feel about movies full of babes around Stately Gaylord's Manor. We love them. Yes. We are fully here for yeah. them. It's a huge cast. Um, and But you're right. It takes so much time setting it up that you get to... Like, they're not, like, the most deeply drawn characters. But the, you get to know all of them. Yeah, you understand all the relationships and dynamics. When the movie started, I was like, should I even take notes? Because there's so many people, so many names. It's in a different language. I don't know what's going on. And by the time everything was kicking into gear, I knew everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Hanif and his family, his wife, his three kids, are on their way to uh, this orphanage, this remote orphanage where Hanif grew up because Mr. Bandy, the guy in charge of the orphanage is dying and he wants to kind of see his favorite kids once again 
So Hanif and his family are going and they're going to be met by uh, Jeffrey and Lena and Anton and Eva, these other two couples. Uh, the three boys, the three men, the husbands, all were children at this orphanage. Okay. We've got uh, some of their, some of the other kids that were there with them have grown up and are now running the place. Siti and Maman. Mm-hmm. I love I love them. I love them. There are also a couple of other kids at the orphanage, but the vast majority of the kids have gone on a trip, like a day trip on a bus. And so they're not there. They're going to return later on that night. Maybe. (laughs) Or so they say. Um, While they're there, Rani tells Haki, he's he's Hanif's youngest kid, his son, his precocious little son, uh, the story of Ms. Mira. <gasps> who used to work at the orphanage when Haki's dad, Hanif, was a kid. Um, she had a limp and she was weird and they say she practiced black magic and she sacrificed three of the orphanage girls, uh, set them on fire and sacrificed them in her black magic practices. And so Mr. Bandy and the boys locked her in a room where she was trying to get out and bashed her head up against the door until she killed herself. Like you do. As you do. Uh, they also say that a girl, Murney, one of the orphans at the place, that Ms. Mira took her off into the woods and killed her. And that's also why they locked her up in the room. Mm-hmm. So Murney has been missing for all these years. Uh, and then uh, stuff goes crazy. Things get uncovered. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the setup. And so the, the room where Ms. Mira died has been shut. It's been sealed and locked away, and maybe her ghost is in there. Maybe she's still in there. Who knows? And so you don't know. Uh, But it all comes out that Mr. Bandy was molesting and raping a lot of the girls at the orphanage, including Siti, who burned her own face with water so that he wouldn't want to touch her anymore. Um, And Ms. Mira was actually trying to stop him and protect the girls, and that's why he lied about what she was doing and had the three boys help him uh, lock her away. And then when she died, they buried her body and hid her away. Mm-hmm. Myrnie was actually her daughter and has been out in the wilds all this time learning black magic. And getting lots of cool eyeliner. <laughs> and looking fucking cool when Teasing she finally comes back. <laughs> yeah. She's all teased. She's all dressed in black. And she comes back and is ready to fuck shit up and make everybody pay for what happened to her mother and what happened to all the girls. Uh, When she's like, I'm not convinced that there is a hell after death, so I am going to make hell. So cool. She's so fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) And so she's kind of able to possess people. She killed all the kids on the bus. Oh my god. Uh, which is not something you see every day in a horror movie. Is a bus full of horribly murdered children. When he walk, they walk in to this bus, and you just see countless bodies sitting in their seats, eyes gouged out, faces bashed in, and these are children. Yeah, and that's the first time you see like anything fucked up in the movie. Besides, like someone gets hit by a car, mm-hmm. and you say, "Oh no, this is the beginning." <laughs> like. Yeah, it's uh, it's shocking, right? Yeah. And it's shocking when um, Hasby, who's one of the orphans, an older boy who's an orphan there, is kind of possessed by 
Murney, he's not in control of his actions, and he shoots Haki twice with, like, an airsoft rifle. Mm-hmm. Which is also something you don't, like, <laughs> like, children in peril. Haki is the little chibi, little chubby, little cutie. He is adorable and sweet. He's like, there's that scene, oh, remember, he he's, like, kind of has that childlike thing where he... He'll go up to like Maman and CT, and CT, like you mentioned, she has the scarred face, and uh, Maman has that like kind of a, a twitch on his face, and he'll just ask him like, "What's what's wrong with your face, or what happened to your face?" But then he'll apologize and say, after she tells him, she says, he says like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was just curious. Um, I think you're pretty," and then he kisses her, mm-hmm. and he runs off, and he's super cute, and then you have to see him getting shot, yeah, <laughs> and he's crying, and it's sad. That's I I love that though because then you're like oh shit all bets are off exactly you know and then you don't know who's gonna like you don't know who's gonna make it to the end of the movie and that all that all is happening like the poor little the kid <laughs> because what the adults find out they realize on the drive to the orphanage um, the family is adorable as shit and they're the parents are traumatizing the children by joking and saying that they're the kids are all adopted and they're taking them back to the orphanage and it's hilarious and you're like <laughs> i love this very adorable family and then as they're just as the dad's like making kissy faces at the mom and telling her she's beautiful then he that he hits something they stop the car they see a deer they drive off and then later he goes back and realizes that he had hit a, a child and it's a child that had been running out from the bus when the bus got possessed and all the kids are being killed. Um, and, and But then as the adults are all trying to leave to get help, and they just leave the kids in the orphanage. Yeah. Nadia's driving, they, the, the guys fess up and they explain what's happening and they explain that this all happened with uh, Miss Mira and that her body is buried. They buried her and they cemented her into that room. And then Nadia, she's a fucking badass. And she she stops the car and she's like, she's still buried there? And then she turns around and she goes back and she's going to take charge and save the kids. But yeah. that's just act one. <laughs> like, Yeah, this so movie nuts. is really, it's never hard to follow or anything. Like the, it does twist and turn and go different places, but you're not going to be confused. No, all. and yeah, it's complicated. It at, Up until everything is really revealed, you are 100% wondering what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Can I trust this 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 cadre of these three very attractive dudes who are returning to this <laughs> orphanage, who are returning to this orphanage for the first time in years? And why are they all like really nervous about calling the police about the person that got hit by the car? Why are they concerned about what they would find at the orphanage? What is going on? Mm-hmm. And it 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 has those wonderful twists and turns, and then it all builds into that very. I want to say political, but it's not political. It's just very uh, correctly moral message (laughs) of listen to women and look out for kids. Right. And and then crazy psycho funhouse insane torture hell on earth session with with Feruza Balk gone Indonesian. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, well, I like that they don't reveal... They they hang on to the mystery for a long time. And then yes. even when Hanif finally says, like, they're trying to solve the mystery, figure out who's behind this, what's going on. Hanif is like, someone's getting their revenge. They think it's CT 
for yes. a long time because she, you know she was one of the ones who invited them to the orphanage and now shit's going wrong and they find this picture of her when she was a girl and so she must be getting her revenge yeah nadia pulls out her knife and she's like why did you invite us here yeah and so they but they finally you know understand that it wasn't her and then hanif is like it must be murni who's been missing all this time she must be having a revenge and even then they don't reveal her for some time and i think that is so smart that we yes. don't see like crazy murni lurking on the edges and you know what i mean it's uh-huh. like she she possesses people who cause self-harm like they inflict harm on themselves in one way or another mm-hmm. But there's no fake outs. There's no fake ghost shit, really. You know, there's like one or two shots where Haki kind of, he's been learning about Ms. Mira and he's afraid of Ms. Mira's ghost, basically. And so you hear her footsteps in the hallway, maybe. <sighs> and you see her, you see a reflection of her toes waving at you on her weird foot. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a little taste. And they really hold, they play it all close to the vest until... They finally reveal Murney in all her fucking frizz-haired, black-clad glory. <laughs> Badassness. Yeah, she's amazing. I love her. I really, I think it is brilliant how they play with our built-in um, uh, conditioning from culture and honestly built-in misogyny and all this stuff to, to just accept in the beginning that Miss Mira was this monster, right? She has a weird foot because her her foot broke when she was a kid and it never got reset. And so she walks with this limp and her toes wave at you and it's creepy. And you, you all we see of it is a, a VHS recording of her walking towards the camera and then it gets uh, Ronnie shuts it off before it's it terrifies hockey too much. And and it really plays on our expectations of like, you know, oh, this woman is evil and she sacrificed these children and look at her weird foot and like. But then it, it does such a good job of, like, reversing that and saying, this is how these dudes, you, they're this, in this man, Mr. Bondi, the, the, the young guys didn't know because they were lied to. But this is how we use this kind of, um, this conditioning to, to not <laughs> trust what's going on and to not accept what's happening to these women and these children. Um, yeah, well, when it's all going down and Nadia says, like, why are you hurting my children? What did they do? Mm-hmm. And Murney replies, you know, their father killed my mother mm-hmm. and their ignorance wasn't good enough. They yeah. just went along. They believed Mr. Bandy and went along and locked this woman in a room until she, you know, bashed her head in to death to try to get out of the room. And then they covered it all up. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe her. This was all going on under everybody's noses. And it's not a good enough excuse to just say, like, well, I didn't know. Yeah. And I love that. I think it's so smart. And it's, that's what's really, and I think, a, I think a lot of that is the screenplay by Joko Anwar. Um, he didn't direct this one, but he also, he wrote this one and he also directed in Pedagore and Satan's Slaves. And, and I don't know, there's something, what I love about watching these, what, watching in Pedagore, Satan's Slaves, May the Devil Take You and Queen of Black Magic is you see, there, a lot of these movies clearly come from filmmakers who grew up watching like 80s, 90s, you know, 80s horror films, American horror films and and Indonesian ones. But you can tell that they're like, they would be horror bros over here in America, maybe. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they they are in for the culture, they get it. But there is, 
and that that the fun that like kind of evil dead sort of just splatter crazy gory just gross out stuff that you would expect from american horror bros is in all of these films but there is so much sincerity and so much um so much just uh, humanizing of their female characters and all these films are driven by their women Mm -hmm. and by the the female roles that it is it's just shocking to me like i don't think you would get this from like it, it it's very kind of in line like if if Eggers and Astor were making gross out insane splatter films, but also yeah. were thoughtful. Um, mm-hmm. These guys are th- so thoughtful, and Joko Anwar, I think, with this writing and, and this script and what happens to these, the, 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 the legacy that these people have inherited, it's just so thought out. and But simultaneously fun, and that's such a challenging balance act, balancing act. Yes. It's, it's, and it's also, I think, about this one especially is like... And in Pedagore, too. But it's like the sins of the fathers, the sins mm-hmm. of the men, and how that burden is carried by the women and the children. Mm-hmm. Um, and both films in Pedagore and this one approach that, but not in a way that's, like, super heavy-handed, even though no. it's like, even though, you know, Mr. Bondi's secret is revealed and all of that, it's so tastefully done. And so it's not overwhelming, like, Barbara with a shotgun, like... <laughs> You know, I don't know why that's always my over-the-top, like, feminist reimagining that I go to. No offense to Night of the Living Dead 1990. I love it. I love Barbara. Okay? It's great. But it's not that sort of girl power kind of empowerment. Haven't you heard? Sexism is over. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Kate Beaton, for that line. (laughs) Yeah. It's not that. It's, It's more about... It's more subtle than that. And it's like, look at what sort of look at what misogyny hath wrought yeah essentially yeah it's so thoughtful it's so well done and yeah in pedagore and in pedagore like it has that also and it's also concerned with the relationships between its two lead characters Mm -hmm. and you love them you lo- they open a shop like Romeo and Michelle. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love them. I love movies with friendships between women. And that's that's what makes. I mean, Impedigore uh, takes some turns, but that's what makes what happens in that film heartbreaking. But then that's what gives you hope for the continuation of the lead character, and then another woman that she meets, and then you fall right. in love with them and her. And it's it's just. But at the same time, you're like, wait, but there's also a witch eating babies, like. <laughs> How does it work and how is it not misogynist and how is it actually also a critique of misogyny? Mm -hmm. I love these movies. I love these movies. I'm in. And now I, I, at this point, tell me Joko Anwar is involved and I'm in. 100%. Three for fucking three for me. There, I love all of his films. Um, Like I said, I think Impedigore is the masterpiece, but that Mm -hmm. it's a very high bar already. Yeah. Uh, and in this film, in Queen of Black Magic, I mean, you'll fall in love with all the women in all of those films. In Queen of Black Magic, we are treated to multiple queens. Honestly. <laughs> there's not just, there's not just all the, I mean, once again, the entire cast is babes. There's the cadre of the three dudes that every time they were investigating something, I was like, you guys could just make out. <laughs> <laughs> what if you pulled over and made out for a little bit? Yeah, while? maybe you could just stop investigating the body or trying to get out of the witch time <laughs> loop and just make out. Um, but there, there's that. But then, like, you also get in this, we get Nadia, who's a fucking badass. We get 
Ronnie, who who's sweet, and we got Siti, who's very very kind, and you just want to you just want her and Maman to make it. Um, you get uh, Ava, my queen. Yeah. Who, when the second she shows up, dude, with those, she has the gloves and the face mask. <laughs> yeah, my She's pandemic a subtle, queen. <laughs> yes, pandemic queen. She is a subtle germaphobe in this film um, because she is recovering from a flesh-eating bacteria rash thing. Um, <laughs> but so she's always spraying her hands and wiping her hands with sanitizer, and she's always wearing her. She wears her gloves in the beginning, and she has her mask. But she just. I mean, she looks like all of us today, but she's really just a fashion icon in this film. <laughs> um, and then horrible things happen to her. You get Lena, uh, which I thought, I thought this scene, there's a scene that really captures um, body dysmorphia and is also, feels like it could be just grotesque and exploitive, mm-hmm. but also feels very, um, very interesting in its depiction of body dysmorphia in right. a wild horror film. That's already covering so many other heavy topics too. Yes, yeah. No, I agree. And there's a yeah. there's an underlying sadness to the whole thing, just given that you know the orphanage is full of cast off children. Like mm-hmm. you know, Ronnie says her mother dropped her off, and you know, ten years ago for some reason. But she'll be back. She'll be back. And it's like she does come back. Like her mother's Bernie, right? <laughs> <laughs> So she's correct in that, but, you know, everybody else is like, your mother abandoned you. Like, she's not coming back. And you have Siti and Maman who grew up together, and they're married now. Um, And, you know, Maman kind of says to her, playfully, but also not playfully, like, I married you because nobody else would marry either of us. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, there's, there's some poignancy to the entire affair, which I appreciate. Also, this this house yeah. full of abandoned children who are then horribly abused by the one who's supposed to take care of them. Yeah, yeah. And then meanwhile, all the actual orphans are currently dead in a bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At milepost 81, mm-hmm. brutally murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. And it's a fun time. It's just, I was, my mouth was agog, agape, I say, <laughs> the first time I saw this, like, just because it gets real crazy. A gog and a gape. A gog and a gape. It uh, gets so literally. It turns into full. Like it reminded me of um, when she unleashes hell in the orphanage. It reminded me of like that documentary Hell House about the Christian kids that yeah, put on yeah. the haunted house for Christians, the Hell House. Which it, I love. If you've ever seen Jesus Camp, you need to see Hell House. It's it's the two perfect films. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great hor- real life horror movies. But it, it's like, oh, look, she put, Murney put on her fucking hell house here, where here's the room of the children and the orphans being scalded with hot water or acid <laughs> rain. Here's the other, the room with the other children's, the, the, the lead, the lead characters, Hanif and Nadia's kids, their adolescent teenage kids being suspended in the air and throwing up centipedes. <laughs> violently and screaming in terror and then nadia is just wandering around this house as she's hearing everyone in her life right now just being tortured brutally and that's before she even meets the witch who's <laughs> just if i had any critique of this film um beyond the cgi which i just don't care about because it was so fun if i had any critique of this film it's that i could use a hundred times more murney yes because she's really just in the ending in that one scene. Yeah. But then when she gets her head cut off and her oh! response is, how dare you? 
<laughs> like, man. <laughs> I could feel, I could feel both of us um, putting on our our um, <laughs> our our spiked collars and our and our big our big hair. Um, our goth hair. I could feel us both putting on our, our goth outfits when you see her the first time and she levitates off the ground and then flies oh. up to them and starts like f- like full on Vader force choking people. Oh. And then that second after Nadia chops off her head with that, like she, she shoves her against the wall and she has this sickle bet- like right up against her throat and she's cutting in her throat and then she just pulls it and her head just flies off. And, uh, and it's her body crawls over and puts the head back on, and I could just feel both of us <laughs> ascending. My God, what a queen! She is the queen of black magic. <laughs> she <laughs> is. And oh my God, that title! How much do you love it? Like the movie uses all of our. Once, like I said, it uses our conditioning and these expectations that this woman's going to be evil, and it is. It is Miss Mira, and she did this to the children, and she was sacrificing them, and you know it because the movie's called The Queen of Black Magic. Yeah. And then it's like, oh wait, that's not who you thought it was, mm-hmm. and that's not what you thought was going on. And here's her really cool fucking daughter. <laughs> all I know is someone tells. I mean, you know. When I had to do this for Rumor, Andrea sends me an email and says, do you want to review this movie? I say, okay, fine. I look at it. It's called The Queen of Black Magic. And I'm like, hey, plus. That's all I need. <laughs> Honestly, the title, when I turned, I was already excited, but I hit play. Um, and and I hear those opening credit, that opening credits music. And I'm just like, yes, sign me <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. I'm in, baby. Yeah. So, I loved it. Hopefully you've seen it if you're listening to this. Yes. Hopefully you heeded our warning. Yeah. If not, then uh, now go watch it. Yeah. Have the a end. great time. Have a great time. Does everyone live in this film except for little Shorty that dies on the bus? Yeah. <laughs> That's the other insane thing is that everyone is brutally tormented and tortured in this movie. Ava... Somehow, there's Ava is have has the worst day, and somehow she gets full like her whole body is full of centipedes, and she she just takes her hand and like I do whenever I have an itch, she just rips her forearm wide open, <laughs> yeah. and then the bugs are all crawling out of her, and then she's puking up the bugs, and she just keeps doing that throughout the movie. She she every time you think she's dead, she gets back up and just starts throwing up more bugs. Yeah, and then at the end of it, they're like. Everyone is now a family living together. (laughs) They're all, it's like Beetlejuice. They're all picking each other up from school. Everyone's having a great time. They're all alive. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I suppose there could be some person out there who's like, this queen of black magic theory will blow your mind. Because you think it's all over and it's dead. But, you know, uh, Nadia has a vision of, probably Mernie, right? Mm-hmm. You see dead. those guys, they, they, the guys have the family, you know, sold the orphanage and then you see guys, they're going to turn it into a hotel and they're driving away and you see her really quick in the reflection of their car. Mm-hmm. And you hear Ms. Mira's footsteps still. So it's not over. So you yeah. could argue that these people are cursed. Yeah. Now, you know? Yeah. But I like to think that they all they all got through and they're going to have the best time just babing out together. <laughs> I still, when they said Lena was alive still, and I was like, she fucking cut her, like, throat off. 
Yeah. Right. Well, that's stomach. the thing. Maybe it's all a dream. Yeah. It's in a snow globe. <laughs> okay. Only way the movie could have been better if they painted yeah. down of a snow globe at the end. <laughs> oh, I love this movie. I loved it though. What a treat! So fun. Yeah. So fun. I, I, for real, go and watch. I still need to watch "May the Devil Take You" too, the second one. Um, and "May the Devil Take You" was maybe my least favorite of all of them that I've been watching, but they're so they're all so fun and so good. And yeah. if you watch only, if you watch it, just once again, if you don't watch any of them, just watch this and Impedigor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And Love you will Impetigor. have brand new faves. How insane that with I mean all these movies coming out that I'm not paying attention to right now. Like when I had to do a top 10 list this la- for this last year, I was like, well, birds of prey, but what else was there? <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't, relic? I couldn't even make one. Cause I was like, I don't know that I've seen 10 movies from this year. Yeah. Have I even watched 10 films? Yeah. Uh, the 1999 film. <laughs> uh, can I put whispering corridors on here? <laughs> Mrs. Cobb. By the way, I don't know if you saw also shutter whispering corridors is going to be on shutter at the end of February. And so oh, Anthony, really? if you, you will have no more excuses. I don't have an excuse already. It's on, I have it I on my library app. I know. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, maybe I might have to watch them, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> it helps that these are the only movies I watch anymore. I know. When I'm yeah. not reading about the spice melange. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Well... Well, you've seen this. You've seen Impedigore. My work is done. They Just, how the hell did both of these movies come out this year? They're both new faves. Yeah. They're masterpieces. Yep. I love them. Yay! Yeah. Woohoo. Woohoo, I say. Woohoo. Wow. Well, Stacy, are you ready to throw up some bugs and place your head on the <laughs> chopping block? <laughs> <laughs> a chunky one it was a chunky yes <laughs> chunky yes that's my dj name <laughs> dj chunky yes yeah, just, just like in the l word season two intro when they show carmen at the dj booth and she points across <laughs> that's what you do you, do your, you hold one hand on the headphones and you point across that's right <laughs> oh dj chunky yes <laughs> Hooking up with Elena Peabody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, listen. This is another thing I did in my week off that we were working like maniacs through. Week non-stop. off from the show. Not like a week off from anything else. No, uh, it was nonstop. Three new categories for you, my friend. Holy shit. That's right. Well, Stacy, you'll be so happy to know that you have two new categories. Okay. One. One holdover category, and in the and also of the two new categories, one of them is a special surprise treat. <gasps> I but love treats, especially when they're surprise treats. You'll hear all about it when it comes time. How does uh, how does uh, this whole thing uh, work for oh, those right. of us that forgot in the last week? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. 
<laughs> um, okay, well, it's a question and answer game. Okay. Which means someone asks questions and then the other person answers them. Mm-mm-mm. The person answering questions chooses from three categories. Each category has five questions. You have ten seconds to answer the question. If you answer incorrectly or time runs out, your head will get cut off. And we by... don't. <laughs> hmm? Oh, since we don't pick them up and put them back on our heads. Unfortunately, how oh. dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. your head gets cut off by our non-binary executioner, the heads they. <laughs> However, you have a lifeline if you cry out one time during your time on the block. If you cry out, I want the wig, then Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film <laughs> Halloween 2 manifests upon your head and confuses the heads they so much that you have 10 extra seconds. So there you go. Wait, it manifests? I thought it levitated down. It's, you know what? Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. Really? Yeah, it's, it, the wig is very mysterious and magical and powerful. Uh, made from the finest straw that Halloween Town <laughs> had to offer. Deborah Hill was like, get that one! <laughs> you just snorted our wig budget, Deborah. <laughs> As John Carpenter smoking weed and staring into the mirror thinking about <laughs> particle physics. Well, I don't know who goes first. Because, I mean, God knows, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I already well, forgot what movie we talked about today. So. Well, then let's get to, um, let's get to your, your surprise, shall we? Oh, I love it. Yes, okay. Okay, Stacy. so... If you're going first, then I'm going to tell you your three categories to choose from. Are you ready? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. Your your holdover category is, of course, Cajun Blackened Queens. Oh. In, in which I name a charred, crispy monster queen from a horror film as described by her accoutrements. Um, well, I don't name her. You name her. <laughs> That's your job. Your new category for me is Drops of Blood by the Ham. Now this, uh, you might know that that was the name of an early uh, Gaylord's episode. The first episode? First episode. Our very first episode. Uh, But this is food-based horror trivia, so it's all about food in horror films. And then your surprise, surprise, it's the Jason special. Oh no! Yes, oh yes. I I think you're gonna get these if you choose it. But I asked uh, our uh, my dear Jason, who loves the chopping block so much. I said, "Hey, since you helped us out so much with this little film that we just made, how would you feel about your payment being working for us and coming up with categories?" <laughs> <laughs> so Jason put together the Jason special, which is Ladies of the Eighties. Oh, wow. So your choices are Drops of Blood by the Ham, Cajun Blackened Queens. This is like an Applebee's menu gone wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Jason Special Ladies of the 80s. Well, I have to go with the... Those are three great categories, P.S. 
Thank you. Delicious appetizers. <laughs> Thank you. That, try the apple teeny. It's out of this world. <laughs> uh, you know, I've only been to Applebee's once and it was disgusting. I'm shocked to know you've ever been. <laughs> I mean, I, it was one of those where it was like the only place around, like on a road trip or something. It was the only place around. What did you have um, that was disgusting? I don't even remember. Grease? <laughs> I like the grease, please. Just a big platter of grease. <laughs> Fried grease. <laughs> it was terrible. Never been back. Why would I go back? I, I'll, I'd rather eat my own toes. This is the, the Applebee's undoing of Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, so I want to do the Jason one, obviously, though. But here's the problem with it already is that Jason knows everything (laughs) i know nothing i think you're gonna i think you would get these all right well you say that and then when i die on the first one it's that much more embarrassing (laughs) that's fine that's fine i'm not trying i'll do the jason one i i mean listen he's listening to this right now we don't need to do it to appease him we no no i want to i want to do it to reward him i will be magnanimous As always, give me Jason and give me death. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The Jason special, ladies of the 80s, it is. God. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. All right, Stacey. I think you're going to get these. I think you're going to get these. Okay. Ladies of the 80s, horror trivia by Jason. (laughs) Question one. Sherry Willis Birch's Vivia may have survived to the end of Killer Party, but in what 1981 campus slasher does she play the doomed Janet, her only other role? Yeah, 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 I just saw this because I looked her up because I put her in the thing. Okay, yeah, 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 uh, uh, final exam. Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations. I remembered something. Mama's going to be so proud. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Starting this off great. Hey, I'm one for one. You are. You're one for one. Look at you. You, you thought you were going to be dead by now. I would have been if you asked me that two weeks ago. Really? Oh, but you just, yeah. Because I just looked it up because I was looking for pictures of her for our, not to spoil it. Whatever. Next question. Vivia might come up in it. All right. Next question. Question two. Before she was busy terrorizing a group of moviegoers in an Italian cinema, this actress was one of Portland, Oregon's first rose princesses of color. (laughs) What? Oh! Oh! Um, uh, is it Coretta Coretta? Ding, ding, ding! I only Greta know Greta. that because you told me that she's from Portland. Yes, as Rosemary and Demons. Yeah, yeah. Look who remembered another thing. <laughs> me. Stacy, this is, uh, is this a trivia game or is this a, does Stacy still have memory game? This, you, this, is, this is called the Still Alice Test. <laughs> Woman, car, camera, whatever the fuck. Remember him? Remember that guy? Anyway, question three. I'm going to remember it. I'm ready. I'm ready. 
Okay, question three. She may have spent most of her screen time dead in the attic with the cat in 1974's Black Christmas, but in this 1983 slasher, she's the last one standing. And you want to know who she is or the slasher? Lynn Griffin and Curtains. Ding, ding, ding. I love Lynn Griffin. Yeah. Stacy, look at you. I don't want to get too excited, but I have remembered so much. <laughs> you have remembered three <laughs> things. Four, if you count Lynn Griffin and Curtains. This is true. This four is things, true. that's right. Dear Diary. Man. Today I remembered four things. <laughs> and then I remembered to write about it in my diary. Five things. Good night. <laughs> You're... Thank God for that ginkgo biloba <laughs> regimen. <laughs> Pay it off! <laughs> okay. Question four. Wow, look at you. Question four. <laughs> Daphne Zuniga may have had a brutal death in her very first role in 1982's The Dorm That Dripped Blood. But she comes back for revenge in this 1984 sorority mall slasher. The initiation, ding, ding, bitch! Ding. That's right. I remember that one. Oh. She plays twins, one of whom is evil. Stacy, you are on to question five. You have remembered 4.5 things. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so proud of myself. Can Alice five, can Julianne Moore <laughs> five for five and get that Oscar? Let's find out. <laughs> Question five, you ready? Okay. All right. When Lucinda Dickey isn't playing a murderous mascot in cheerleader camp, she plays a possessed aerobics instructor slash telephone line woman in what 1984 martial arts action horror film? Guess who is still Stacy? Ninja 3, the domination! Ding, 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 ding! Stacy, you have won the chopping block. It's been a while. How does it feel? It feels great. I thought my head was only full of the names of K-pop idols who might be gay. <laughs> thought that was all that was left up there in the old attic. Turns out... There were 5.5 other things up there as well. <laughs> Specifically women from the 1980s. Specifically, yeah. I mean, that tracks. <laughs> it's 100% in line with you. Man, Ninja 3 The Domination is so cool. The part where she's like having sex with that guy and then she holds up a can of V8 for some reason. What? Yeah, that's right. I have never seen it. I guess that sounds like I need to watch it. I mean, that should be enough to get anybody to watch it. <laughs> Also, Lucinda Dickey. Oh, queen. Yeah. <laughs> well exhausted. done. Well exhausted. done. Thank you. Wow, good job, we, Jason. We need some. We need some. Thank you, Jason. I got yeah. those. I there, there's no see. Look, I'm already forgetting all the rest of my words. I just blew my load on those five questions. <laughs> I blew my brain load. <laughs> the tanks are empty now. Oh. God. Yep. Anyway, good thing I, I do remember how to read, so I can just read these categories to you. 
I don't have to think. I just have to read. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for three new categories? I am so excited. Please tell me. Okay. Category one is sleepwalkers, people under the stairs. <laughs> sleepwalkers? In which I read you a quote and you tell me if it comes from sleepwalkers or the people under the stairs. Oh my god. <laughs> How many corn cobs are there? <laughs> uh, category two is welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> In which case, I read you a quote, and you tell a quote from one Freddy Krueger, and you tell me which Nightmare on Elm Street film the quote hails from. Oh my god! Now, I tried to be a little nice with it, and so the quotes might <clears throat> have to do with a murder. So if you can remember which one a character got killed in a specific way, that'll make it easier. That's just a little tip. Behind the scenes for you. Okay. And category three, there's nothing to watch. <laughs> These are all movies that I have bought and put on my shelf but have yet to watch. <laughs> that is the most incredibly specific category ever. <laughs> Actually, one of them, I think, was a screener. No, two of them are screeners. But anyway, these are like DVDs that I have. They're on my shelf. I have not watched them yet for whatever reason. And yet I say, there's nothing to watch. Do you just give me 10 seconds and I just guess what they are? Well, I describe them. So you na- and then you name them. You know these. I do? Sure, you know things. I'm so curious. Let's go. It doesn't have anything to do with me, really. You know, it's not like, you know, you have to remember the time I told you I bought this movie and didn't watch it. You just have to, I I describe a movie and you name it and you'll probably get them. So, again, your categories are sleepwalkers, people under the stairs. (laughs) Welcome to prime time, bitch. And there's nothing to watch. I'm really, I'm just so curious about there's nothing to watch, but... These are kind of tough ones. But you know... Oh, I'm going to die on the first question. No, I'm. maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Okay, I... I'm gonna try my hand. I've been, I've been, I've been wanting to venture back down (laughs) Elm Street. I'm gonna try my hand at uh, Welcome to Primetime, bitch. Okay, all right. (laughs) You'll get a bonus if you tell me which movie that line is from. Right now? You'll get a bonus prize. At the end or now. Oh, well, it's that's from three Dream Warriors. Yeah, see, that's how it works. What's the bonus? What do I get? Yay! (laughs) 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 Looks like I'm not the only one who can remember things. (laughs) My one claim to fame. You ruined it. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> You'll get this first one, I bet, because it's. Re- I start you off nice and gentle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, number one. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Well, I'm gonna guess that's the first one, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, ding ding ding! <laughs> I lulled you into a false sense of security with that one. Oh no! Oh no! Here we go. Number two. You can check in. But you can't check out. 
Oh, um, that's that's the roaches. That's um, it, it's not, that's part four. Yes, dig the oh, egg. Oh, oh. Question three. Kung Fu, this bitch. Um, oh, oh, wait, isn't there, is, wait, is that three? Oh, no! Wait, it's five! No, it's four. That's Freddy's dead, the final night. Oh, no! He calls women bitches left and right throughout that series. All the time! All the time. I know I sounded just like him, and you're like, did they get Robert England on the show? I'm sorry. Nope. Just me, Stacey. I got, I got, I'm so ashamed <laughs> of my performance. However, once I realized that the whole category was going to be read to me by Freddy Krueger. <laughs> you want to see if you can get the other ones? I entered a parallel reality and I just started sweating and laughing. <laughs> you got two more. Two more chances. Is this because of my bonus? Yes, because you got the bonus one correct. This is actually your big prize. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. But you have to be Freddy still. Of, of course. I'm a woman of a, two voices. <laughs> Stacy Ponder, Freddy Krueger. Two voices and five memories. <laughs> what a catch. What a catch. <laughs> I told you there's nothing left. All right. Here we go. Question four. Yep. <laughs> now I'm playing with power. <laughs> Is that Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. That's the final nightmare, the one where you place the fucking Nintendo. Oh, oh my god. Now I'm playing with power. That's exactly why that's the line. Yep. I can't breathe. I'm crying. I, this is unfair. I'm crying. I need a paper bag to stop hyperventilating. <laughs> Alright, last one. <laughs> Stacy, that bitch is asleep. Ready, bitch? <laughs> Yeehaw! This boy feels the need for speed. <laughs> Is that two? <laughs> oh my god, no, it's five! <laughs> it's the one where he turns into a motorcycle. Obviously. Dumb. That's so dumb. Stacy, you don't understand. <laughs> I his tears streaming down my face, and I, I don't know why, but I'm sweating on top of it. And <laughs> it's so funny to me. I blame the unfair advantage of the woman of two voices and five memories. <laughs> That's the name of my memoir. She's, she's, this, I am in Elm Street having a nightmare and you're, you're, you're the puppet master, Freddy, puppeting my laugh strings. Yes. 
and you yes. push it right off that uh, window edge. Excuse me. That's called a building. I remember that too. I remember six things. The part okay. that the ledge of the window that's called the building falls off a building. Right? That's what that's called, right? I, I don't know, Stacy. Is it? What do you remember? No, no, I mean gay. <laughs> We'll be back next week if I remember to show up. <laughs> yeah, if, that, if that's the memory that lights up, then. <laughs> yeah. And we will uh. be we will be streaming live from Berlin on this Sunday, February seventh. Once again, if you're on the the West Coast, that's at eleven fifteen a.m. Um, until three p.m. If you're on the East Coast, that's two fifteen p.m. to six p.m. Uh, and that is free at finalgirlsberlin.com for the Final Girls Berlin Film Festival. Yes. Oh, Please watch it. We made a thing. We made a thing. We're really proud of it. It's it's exclusive to Final Girls Berlin. Uh, let us know if you like it. Yeah, or if you. Well, I get them. No, don't let us know. Don't, ta- don't talk yeah, to us wanna... about it. Just, yeah. just share yeah. it with other people and tell them you like it. Uh, you know, gaylordsofdarkness.com, whatever. We'll be back next week. Bye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.